Are you ready to take control of your life? Overcome the obstacles that have been holding you back. I'm Dr. D, and welcome to Quitting is Not an Option, a podcast that inspires and empowers you to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. I know what it feels like to be held back by past failures and setbacks as I myself lost a multi-million dollar business, home, investments, and marriage due to the bad acts of a CFO. But I rose from the ashes and recreated a new life and now I am an accomplished author, gifted speaker, consultant, and life coach. And each episode will cover tips and strategies to overcome adversity, overcome fear, and feelings of failure. We also have experts and special guests who share their inspiring experiences to support you every step of the way. Together, we can help you find joy in your journey while positioning you towards success. Let's get started. One quick thing before we jump into today's episode, I'm writing a book. It's called Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places, Uncovering the Secret to the Love You Want. If you or someone you know are unlucky in love and are looking to change that, this is the book for you. I've been working on this for such a long time, and it will be so helpful to me if you pre-ordered the ebook for 99 cents this Valentine's Day. That's February 14th. As always, thank you so much for your support on all my projects. Now, back to the show. We are aware of the negative impact of an absentee father and how it leaves the child feeling. We also know that children who grow up with absent fathers can suffer lasting damage. They are more likely to end up in poverty or drop out of school, become addicted to drugs, have a child out of wedlock, or end up in prison. People who do not know their genetic father often develop identity problems. They identify with the unknown father, to whom they attribute all the personal characteristics that they cannot trace to others. Consequently, such characteristics are less strongly felt as being part of one's own personality. Lacking the day-to-day involvement, guidance, and positive example of their father in the home and the financial advantages associated with having him in the household boys are more likely to act up, lash out, flounder in school, and fail at work as they move into adolescence and adulthood. Researchers have found that children consistently report feeling abandoned when their fathers are not involved in their lives. Father-absent children are consistently overrepresented in a wide range of mental health problems. 
Now, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, roughly 25% of the children in America grow up without their biological father in the home. This has become so common to hear that many people don't think much of it. They shrug their shoulders and go on about their business, not realizing the devastating impact that this statistic is having on the country. Research from NYSY 97 for outcomes for children from households with both biological parents compared to those without a biological father in the home showed children who were raised in a home without their biological father struggled much more in life. It further shows that children who grow up in a household without their biological father are. 7% less likely to have graduated from high school, 11% more likely to have smoked, 11% less likely to have volunteered in their community, 13% more likely to need mental health treatment, 13% less likely to donate to a charity, 71% more likely to have committed a crime. 43% less likely to have graduated from college. And the list goes on and on and on. With these percentages, fathers must take responsibility to be present for their children. Joining us today is Mr. Roy Jefferson Lampton. Roy grew up with an absentee biological father and was raised by his uncle and aunt. Roy never allowed his situation to hamper his growth and development and has the epitome of a rag-to-riches story. Even as a child, he learned that quitting can never, ever be an option. Mr. Jefferson Lampton is successful in his own right, married and is the father to six children. He has a degree in emergency management and is currently working on a degree in cybersecurity. He has a top management director position with the government and has many years of experience to boot. We would also like to thank Mr. Jefferson Lampton for his service in the U.S. Army. Welcome, Roy. Thank you for joining us today. And I'd also like to welcome the PFAM and all of our relatives for joining us for the first time. We are elated that you can join us today. Roy, how did growing up without your biological father impact your life? Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, My situation was a very unique situation because I'm one of those kids who, in most African-American family, I was a paperless adoption meaning that my aunt and uncle came and got me without going through the official channels of adopting me, just took me and raised me in St. Louis as their own. And so as I got older, because I was in that set and I was able to see my uncle as my father and my aunt as my mother, but as I got older and realized that my biological father wasn't in my life, it had good and bad effects. And I often tell people that the man that I became today is a result of the man that my father wasn't. 
And so everything that he did bad, I just took and turned around and made it good. He made me the man that I am today because he wasn't the man that I wanted him to be in my life. So in other words, what you're saying to the PFAM today is take that negative energy and turn it into positive, which has resulted in your success today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And because my uncle and my aunt was very spiritual, one of the things that they taught me early on was how to pray. And even at five years old, I used to lay at my grandfather fields down in Mississippi and really dream about the life that I'm living right now. And so I often tell people, it's not the situation that you're born in that's going to determine where you go. Success has to be a mindset. So I used to visualize myself doing all these miraculous things as a kid, and they used to call me the little dreamer. And I just used to dream all of the time. And fortunately, through God, always putting a ram in the bush through others, I was able to have my dreams to come true. That is amazing. And at five years old, most five-year-olds are really thinking about the next toy. But here you are thinking about how to turn bad situations into good situations. That speaks volumes of who you are, but not only who you are, your aunt and your uncle who took you in. That speaks volumes. Were you determined to succeed in spite of your situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was one of the things, too, that my aunt, God bless her, she's 95 years old and she's still with us today. One of the things she often told me is that even as a child, she saw that I had a gift and she wanted to polish that gift. You know, everybody in the family, uh, sometimes you will have that one kid, no matter what the circumstances is, you will see something special in that kid. I was that kid. I wasn't your average little kid. I was just always curious, very gifted, very smart in school. And through her and my uncle, by them taking me, they was able to change the entire trajectory of my life because they took me from a dysfunctional situation and brought me into a stable situation. So I went into their environment. And now I'm seeing business owners, I'm seeing engineers, I'm seeing educators, I'm seeing lawyers, I'm seeing teachers. And so that environment made me want that for myself. Because after so many years, people have said, well, he ain't going to amount to nothing. He ain't going to do nothing. He's going to be just like his daddy, look just like his daddy, you know, the old cliche. And so that part always yearned and burned in my heart. Often tell people, I look just like my daddy, but I'm nothing like my daddy. So what you're saying here and what our PFAM can take from this is here you are adopted by your aunt and uncle. So PFAM and every person out there, you can change and positively impact the life of a child. It doesn't have to be a biological child. You can take that child and support him or her in their growth and development, and they can be a huge success. Roy, you are successful in your own right. Was there a part of you that was driven to show your father you could be successful without him? Of course it was. It's like the lion that is in most men. And early on, it was just so that I can be able to look him in his face and kind of say, you know, 
you had the resources to help me get all of this, but you chose not to do it. And so that part of me wanted to be able to say, despite what you did, I still became successful. I still was able to achieve the goals that I had set in my life. But as I got older, I stopped focusing on that aspect and just focus on the fact of, and I learned that sometimes we have to have a forgiving heart because some adults have issues that they are dealing with, such as mental issues that is not of their own. And so I just chalked it up like with my mother and my father, they was dealing with issues that I had no idea because although some people want to be parents and some people don't want to be parents. And so I just chalked it up as that and just was able to forgive them and move on. Good planning on your part, even if it wasn't a plan that you laid out, it was good nevertheless. Many would say you have a rag to riches story. If your father was present in your life, do you think things would be the same as they are today? No, absolutely not. Because I had an opportunity to watch my father as I got older and my father didn't have the discipline that my uncle and aunt had, although he did very well in his profession. But if I had gone into that environment, there was no way that he would have been able to focus on my gifts, no way that he would have been able to help polish those gifts to where I could have reached my goal. And once I accepted that, it became clear to me that I was in the best position with my uncle and aunt and that God, again, had that ram in the bush through them so I can maximize out of my potentials and become the successful man that I am today. Beautiful. What dreams and aspirations in particular did you have to, let's say, show him up? The one thing that I wanted my father forced me into being was accountability. Anybody who know me knows that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Anybody who knows me know that once I set a goal, I'm going to achieve that goal. And so for me, I just wanted him to be able to see that you had an opportunity to be this man that I became because this is the man I am that I wanted you to be for me. And a part of me always told myself that if I was blessed to have children, I didn't want my children not to be in the home with me. I wanted to be in the home with my children. and I've been blessed to be able to do that and to give them a lifestyle that I dreamed about. Your aunt and uncle gave you a great lifestyle. We know that. We see where it placed you strategically today. But you think having your father be there, could he have done something different? Maybe not. Okay, let's go back. Your father was a professional man, even VP at a major organization. Yes. Do you think that he could have done something different? I don't want to say better, but something different than what your aunt and uncle gave you. I still would say no, because the love and concern that my aunt and uncle have, they never turned him away. He still had the opportunity and he could have made a decision to be a part of my life. And he still chose not to be a part of my life. I think I shared with you on one time before that he will always tell me that he was coming and I will wait on him all day. And this dude would never show up. And so those moments, you know, as a little kid, you don't really think that it bother you. But when you are constantly being lied to 
And then as you go older and you learn, like, man, you didn't have to lie to me like that. You just could have been a man of your word. If you wasn't coming, you just could have said you wasn't coming. But kids don't get to see that side. Because when you tell a kid that you're going to do something, that kid looks forward to that. They get excited about that. And so that's why I can say that he would have did nothing different because he was given opportunities. He wasn't cut off from me. He had every ample opportunity to correct his wrong, and he chose not to. You prepared regularly for this visit. Not only did you prepare, but you went outside and sat on the corner, just waiting at the driveway to embrace him and be excited for his arrival, but he never showed up. Never showed up. Did you ever feel like you needed to forgive your mom for her role in your father not being there? Yes, I did. And I was able to do that. And this is what I would say. I didn't forgive my mom because she needed forgiven. I needed to forgive her because of me. Because sometimes we don't go to the next level because we're holding on to baggage from others that weigh us down and we don't become the best version of ourselves. So in order for me, as I got older, uh, some of the things that I wanted to accomplish, I wanted to get rid of the anger. I wanted to get rid of the disappointments and things in my life. And so I couldn't focus on that aspect of it. And so not only did I have to forgive my mom, I also had to forgive my dad and just move forward because You know, when you're dealing with baggage, that can be an issue for you as well. That can hinder you from prospering within whatever phases God has for you. Yeah, you you mentioned forgiving both of them. What about forgiving yourself? Of course I did. Because as I said earlier, every kid, no matter what the situation is, every kid longs to have a relationship with their biological parents. And one of the things that early on that I used to say Why wasn't I good enough to keep? Why did you give me away? Why you didn't want me? And my aunt used to always tell me that sometimes God allow people to have children so they can be gifts to other people. And so she would say, Roy, you're our gift. You're like a rose who grew up out of concrete. And so if that situation would have never happened, then you wouldn't be able to bless us. You've been a blessing to us. And so once I started looking at it from that aspect, it kind of makes you get the clear and the bigger picture that no matter what your situation is, at the end of the day, God has a plan and you just have to trust his plan. That's very powerful. And I mean, really, you put it in such great terms. PFAM, I know you guys are just being inspired and empowered from this episode. Quitting is never an option. But to hear firsthand from Roy and how he looked at this and how everything shaped his mindset and prepared him to be the man that he is today, we have to all learn from it. We're growing from it. We're benefiting from this. While growing up, Roy, if you had the opportunity, if you could have just spoken with your father, what would you have said and why? I did have that opportunity. And, you know, I told him that I forgive him. I told him that I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. When I look back on my life, I've really had the best life that I could possibly think of. I understand that there were some decisions that you made and those decisions were yours to make. But I turned out to be an awesome individual. Now, I don't normally pat myself on the back, but based on my circumstances of where I came from, 
and to look at where I am today and the impact that I have on when I go to the boys and, and girls club in Baltimore and speak, when I go to Beacon House and I associate myself with those kids or any disadvantaged kids in the neighborhood, I find myself giving back to them because a part of me sees me and those kids and just to be able to inspire kids all over the world is worth it. And so to tell him that it's okay, I'm okay, I turn out okay. Unfortunately, a lot of people in my situation don't get to have this kind of ending to the story. But again, it's just a testament of what God would do if you just have faith and believe. And that's why I tell people, I wake up every day believing in the impossible, knowing fully well that God would make it possible. Your father requested a meeting with you prior to his death. Why didn't you meet with him? Because at that time, and I have to be honest and say that I was at a place to where I looked at you had, at that time, I was 50 years old. You had 50 years to have those conversations with me. And because I knew he was dying, I didn't want to hear a bedside confession. But looking back at it now, I should have gone. I should have got on that plane and I should have gone for no more than just to let him get that off his chest. That is one regret that I have is that I didn't go down and give him an opportunity to tell me that face to face, as opposed to telling me what he wanted to tell me through other relatives. Boy, tell us a little bit about the photo you found in his Bible after his passing, your photo. I don't remember that photo, but I was like maybe seven or eight years old. And on the back of the photo, he had written my son and my nickname is Fatso. And he had written my son Fatso. And so when I saw that, I was like, wow, you know, even all that time. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was a uh, that was a moment. Right. And so in this situation, oftentimes people just want to shun responsibility, not saying that was what he wanted to do. But a lot of times people don't want to take responsibility for their actions. And so he had fathered a child and maybe somewhere in the back of his mind, he didn't want that responsibility, but he wanted to go from arm's length. He wanted to be proud. He wanted to mention some things, but he didn't want to get in the trenches, maybe to do homework, maybe to do sick nights and helping you out when you couldn't do for yourself. We never know what makes people tick as it relates to that. But do you go back and think about some of those things sometime that he shunned a lot of his responsibility? Of course I do. And that's why I never shun at my responsibility with my own kids. And that's why with my own kids, I made sure that I was in the home. I made sure that I was at the parents teacher conference. I made sure that I was at the doctor's appointment, whatever their dreams and goals are or is, I made sure that I was a part of that. And how can I make that happen for them? And, you know, having six kids, five girls and one boy ages 27 to seven, the older kids are successful in their own rights. And so we have the nine and the seven-year-old left in the home. And it's like a second chance with them. 
All of my kids went to private school. They all have lived in gated community. They all got passports and travel all over the world. But they're not materialistic because you train them to have empathy for others. And so we will volunteer and go and be with the homeless. We will volunteer and do things within the community service. And so that level of empathy is far more greater than my level of empathy because, you know, I train them that way. You're in a position to get part of your father's inheritance. Do you feel he owed this to you or are you simply going through the motions? I'm going through the motions because at the end of the day, I don't really feel entitled to that. And so I struggle with that. But more than likely, I would probably end up going through with it just so that my kids can have that legacy. But as far as me, if it was just me, I probably wouldn't even be involved with it. And the reason why I am involved with or stay on top of it is because of the children. You are a true gentleman, a man, God-fearing, and a person who wants to do the right thing. We applaud you, boy. We really do. How has your absentee father impacted your adult relationships? And simply good, bad, or no impact, what are your thoughts? I would say the thing that I find myself doing is that I hold people accountable. I create boundaries, which are healthy boundaries. I'm very curious to who I allow in my circle. I'm a very guarded individual. You know, you just don't get to come in my space because you want to come into my space. It has to be uh, what is it that you're going to bring to the table? Because Mm -hmm. most of the times people see me and they instantly see resources. But at the end of the day, what resources are you going to bring to me? How am I going to benefit by knowing you or you being in my circle as opposed to you coming into my circle and getting everything that I can give you? So for me, with people, it has to be a two-way street. Now, with the kids, it's totally different because kids don't get to have a two-way street. So you have to give kids the tools that they need in order for them to be successful. But as far as adults, I always create healthy boundaries with adults that I meet. That's wonderful. Now, as it relates to your difficulties or not with social adjustment, what did his absence do to your social adjustment and your friendships as well as behavior problems? On the behavioral part, I think at the time, because I was so gifted, I was mislabeled, but I probably had a little bit of lashing out but I was gifted as well. And today they call it ADD. But it's mm-hmm. just that when kids are gifted, um, at that time, you're talking the early 70s, the early 80s, they didn't know how to teach me because they didn't have those type of programs back then that would have honed into my skill set. And so because I would get bored so easily, because it was the work wasn't challenging, I found myself lashing out. But my aunt and uncle was very instrumental in providing that environment, that disciplined environment. They didn't play, man. You did what you were supposed to do. You know, I had to come in when the street lights came on, even though it was daylight outside. I couldn't be in and out the streets. I didn't have that freedom like that. And I appreciate that because all of that was a result of my father had been there. I'd have probably been buck wild and not even be where I am today. So I have to look at that as well. Yes, we know that quitting is never the option. So what message would you leave for absentee fathers? I would say for absentee fathers, that decision to not be in your child life is an ever long impacting decision. 
And so you have to look inward to yourself and find out why is it that you don't want to be a father? Why is it that you even created the child from the very beginning? And so you have to take responsibility for that because that's part of your legacy. Oftentimes, fathers who are absent always wants to come around when the child, whether it be a man or a woman, has made something of themselves. And now you want to get the credit for that. And so for me, I would say early on, you need to be in your child's life, regardless of whatever the situation is. If you make the decision to be with your children, irregardless of the relationship with their mother, make the best decision for the child. And I often tell single fathers that I work with in the state of Maryland, every decision that you make, ask yourself, how is the decision that I'm getting ready to make is going to affect my child or going to affect my children? Because if you put them at the forefront, I can guarantee you that the decision that you was getting ready to make, you won't make that decision. Thank you for joining us today, Roy. You have inspired and empowered our listeners with your quitting is not an option story. How can the PFAM find you? If anyone wants to reach out to me, you can hit me on my personal cell, which is 443-603-3101, or you can reach me via my email. That's Roy underscore Lampton, L-A-M-P-T-O-N at hotmail.com, R-O-Y underscore L-A-M-P-T-O-N at hotmail.com. P-Fam, if you find yourself in this situation or know someone who is you have firsthand a success story to emulate. Allow me to leave you with 1 Timothy 5, 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Thank you for tuning in, Mr. Lampton. Thank you for joining me today to access my special offering for today. In particular, for your time and attention, go to my website, drdcarroll.com. There you will access my online course and get a 10% reimbursement upon completion. You want to log on to my website, that's drdecarroll.com, and take the steps To reinvent your past and revolutionize your future, your commitment coupled with my success strategies will guide and support you on your journey to do so. Once you complete that course, submit a copy of your certificate with the word challenge in the subject line and you will get your 15% discount. Also, Empowerment Coaching. You can engage me as your personal or group empowerment coach. When you mention today's podcast, you will get 5% for you or your group. Also, you can get my books there. Emotional Emancipation, Step Into Your Freedom, Reinvent Your Challenges, and Move Beyond in support of overcoming trials, tribulations, and adversities. Also, you can get my number one international bestseller, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places, and discover the importance of self-love first. Your meeting planner can book speaking engagements for your annual retreat, your conference, your event, and or your monthly or quarterly meeting. 
Staff development is where your HR department can schedule a lunch and learn in support of the entire team. The website again is drdcarroll.com. My email is drdcarroll at gmail.com. Take care and be safe.